Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, joined by my co-host, Shelly Billinghurst. How's it going, Shelly? <laughs> Serge, I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. And I'm very pleased to say that we have joining us on the show, Maya Huber, who is co-founder and CEO of Tatayo. Welcome to the show. Hi, Shelly. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. You seem to be very popular at HR Tech. So thank you so much for (laughs) agreeing to come and talk to us here. Maya, for those of us who are maybe just hearing of Tatayo for the first time, let's first of all focus on you. Tell us a bit about your background and how did you get into talent acquisition? That's a great story. Thank you, Shelly. We are two women Mm co-founders. Proud of that. And me and my dearest co-founder and colleague, Moore, we come from HR. We spent almost 15 years in this space. We manage a couple of HR companies, also consulted companies. And our main experience was in the field of DNI. We managed a couple of companies that were focused on integrating people from underrepresented populations into the workforce. I'm sharing that because it was the core of our work through the years, we had this opportunity to meet people that their resumes do not reflect the skills, right? Mm -hmm. And we had a job to convince employers that they are the one for them. Mm -hmm. They are the right people to hire. So we had to find a new way to analyze or to measure the competencies of the candidate. Tadio was born with a great passion of creating a new way for people to put themselves and their competencies up front to create a more diverse and objective workforce. My expertise is job analysis and the future of work. All this <laughs> journey was a combination of practice and research and a lot of frustration with the fact that when you look at the HR tech market, and again, you mentioned Vegas, it was unbelievable. So many solutions, right? Yeah. The market is so fragmented. and all of the people there, thousands of people and hundreds of solutions, all still lean on resumes. True. Everything. Everything. Our whole culture still. is anchored in resumes. Yes. For sure. And I wake up in the morning to make sure that my kids will not use it anymore. Resume will be that thing that their old parents used to send by fax. <laughs> this is why I get up in the morning. Because I think it's about time we will not just automate the process, which I believe is a bit broken, but to create a new job matching start, a new way for people to represent themselves and to find opportunities in the workforce. That sounds like an awfully tall order, Maya. I've heard certainly here in Canada and throughout the U.S. how antiquated the use of a single dimensional piece of paper to represent a human being. But that's a big problem because everything we have and do, whether you're in Canada, US, Tel Aviv, in in the UK or Australia, like any country, everything is anchored on the CV. How are you going to go about this? I don't even know where you'd begin. So I have this master plan. (laughs) Okay. My investors, they have to call us the CV killers because we are so passionate about eliminate this tool from earth. We established Tadio again to create a new job matching startup to make sure that 
companies and job seekers will have a better decision-making process while meeting each other. The way we do that is we do reverse engineering of the process. The process works right now, again, for every company. They publish ads, right, or job description, wherever they get hundreds, if not thousands of resume. They filter them using ATS or not. They're doing interviews, etc. All this process ends up with a not clear vision if the candidates will be able to do the job. The only option for them to be positive about that, it's either to ask people for reference, let's not provide a good enough certainty or prediction, but at the end, they will need to watch this employee work for a couple of days or through training, and then they will know that he's capable to do the job. What Tatu is doing, we are sourcing technology. We attract candidates. We have them engage into smart job simulation to simulate the core task of any job within its context. So if you are a sales rep, there's a CRM with a pipeline of leads. You need to qualify. You need to make interactions with those clients and sell a product. You need to sell it properly within 20 minutes to three people. And of course, the leads that are qualified or not, etc. If you are a picker in a warehouse, you will need to collect items and wrap them into boxes, etc. You will use the CRM that requires, you will hear the background noise of the office or the warehouse, whatever we can simulate within a computer or a mobile. But our tech enables us to simulate pretty much any job within days. Our simulations are our enabler to make sure that the candidates have the right competencies before he even apply to a job. So again, we source those candidates, they're engaged in the smart job simulation. We analyze everything they do, competencies. It's not behavioral or emotional analysis. It's about their ability to perform tasks in an accurate way, in the right pace, in the right quality that requires in that particular position, the main core task. And then we analyze the results. First of all, the candidates get report. Detailed data about his competencies and his ability to perform the job and his match. Okay? If he crossed the bar, he will be offered specific job openings that are relevant. And then he can apply and a company will see his data on the CRM. So tell me a little bit more how the business model works. What you just described is very much at the top of the funnel. Curious how you engage with your customers and how that flows through. You're right. We provide value from the top of the funnel. Of course, this is where we start. Our technology enables companies to also track their employees and to use our simulation to reskill and upskill their workforce. But the way we're positioning ourselves right now in the market is the top of the funnel. We are sourcing solution, but we make sure that companies will interview only relevant, qualified candidates. Generally, if I'm sourcing a candidate, it's based on a particular skill set or experience that I find on LinkedIn or in my CRM. I am approaching them and I'm saying, hey, there might be an opportunity for you that would be worthwhile to be changing the job that you're doing right now. Is this a blocker, though? For you to be considered, you need to take the job simulation. And how long does the job simulation usually last, just on average? The shorter one will be five to seven minutes, and the longest one we have will be 30. Okay. So not bad as far as timing. No. It's not overwhelming no. in that sense. 
What is the take rate from that? How many people that you'd reach out to are like, yeah, I'll do this. And how many actually finish it? Do you have an idea of what that looks like? Yeah, of course. We have the data and it's verified within industries and locations. We have our graph, of course, or our funnel of candidates. But I can tell you that we started as an assessment tool. Okay. Okay, We chose to move to the sourcing tool because of the amount of people, of job seekers, who needs a new solution. I was surprised by the fact, literally, after so many years in the market, that people do not know even basic jobs, what they require, what the typical day in the life of an employee will be. And just after Vegas, I was visiting one of our clients. There are candy factories. And he told me, people come over and they are surprised they need to wrap candies into boxes. And this is a candy factory. And I hear it over and over again. Not every person out there will use our tool. Now, hopefully the future, everyone will. But when I started this journey, I was positive that the problem in the market or the untapped pool of candidates are people who are underprivileged, underemployed. It's not true anymore. The market has changed. People change industries and verticals. I can tell you about myself. Before I started this, I wanted to enter the high industry. And no one looked at my resume. So I have this gig to prove the world that I can be a great product manager. There are so many people like me. Yeah. Right now, when the market is struggling, we must find new ways to reach candidates. And candidates using Tatio are the ones who want different solutions, who want to put their skills up front, who do not know enough about the market sometimes, even for basic jobs. And for me, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I believe when I look at the future, even if it's a job seeker, I want to know what comes ahead, how the job will look like. You could Mm. not find that from job descriptions anymore, right? A hundred percent. Would I be making a correct assumption if I said this is really focused on skill? Or is there multiple elements? Because you're talking about job simulation, how that looks like. Can you do physically the job or mentally the job? Is there a personality side of it as well? No. 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 It's not just skills. It's competencies because we actually test. We do not ask people about the subjective. Most of the tools out there that try to do skills-based hiring, ask candidates about their skills. We test them. Yeah, I believe that the recruiter job is to interview people and then assess their personality or the matching of their personality to the team. This is my perspective. I know there's a lot of solutions out there testing personality, but I believe that we need to be really careful about this analysis. And I think it's more important when you talk about personality. Personality, I hope you will agree with me that I know really, really uh, tough people who integrate perfectly with a tough manager, with people maybe you and I would never walk for. So we are focused in competencies and we make sure the recruiter have enough data to focus on great skills, which is assess the personality and the cultural fit of the candidate. So I want to come back and really understand the job seekers. Do you have data that says this is how many people started the simulation process and how many completed? Because unfortunately, Maya, the truth is job seekers, even if they're asked to fill in 
the register before you apply, they're saying, no way. Why would I do this? Because unfortunately, the next mountain to climb is that the candidate market is saying, as soon as they see this, you're going to test me before I even apply for the job. They're like, no way, I'm not going to do it. Because they've been ghosted, because they filled in all the stupid forms and answered all your dumb questions. Even though they don't understand why you're asking, it's more than just the resume. It's the whole application process. And the other thing is, I know here in North America, for a lot of years, companies were doing these assessments before you even apply for the job. And the job seeker market answered that with, I won't even apply. You know, on one side, you do have companies that maybe are getting 5,000 applicants, but guess what's happened now? It's the opposite. Tell me, do you have data that says job seekers will go through your process and those that start, how many finish? Yeah, sure. So again, it's verified. I can tell you it's between 50% to 80%, depending on the industry. Of course, more people in sales, customer care, more service orientation or more complex jobs are more likely to finish the the simulation when they are uh, integrated with us. And we see less uh, manufacturing and supply chain, et cetera. But first of all, I want to clarify something. From the company side, from the recruiter side, we are committed to provide X amount of qualified leads. It's my problem as a company or my issue to make sure that I have the right funnels. The company do not use the assessment at all. The company using Tatio, she gets either to the ATS, ATS or our CRM, they see candidates anonymously and they can rank them based on their competencies. So the finish ratio, the funnel we have, it's our issue and we invest time and money and efforts there. And we have also unique channel pool of candidates, but there's a different story here. We invite candidates to experience jobs. Mm. It's not application. There's not a company on their side. It's not that they went through Meta website, whatever, and press apply, and then they see our simulation. It's not that process. They see an ad about uh, the best shop near you or find a place in high tech without a resume. And then they're in a playground of job experiences. So the stress reduced. The process is more respectful. As we simulate the real task of a job, it's not popping balloons. It's not squares they need to compare. We make sure that it, this is based on our job analysis expertise. We are working with Professor Joseph Fuller from Harvard Business School to make sure that a simulation are real and simulate the core task of a job. So they have interest and they are engaged in it to the parcel. And the last thing I want to share is that the value they get, and we bring the control back to their hands. We will not send their application from or data without an agreement. So they do the simulation, they get a list of open options, and then they apply. And only then we send them over. So I understand it correctly now. Basically, what you are building is a two-way marketplace. You're building the job seeker side of it. And obviously, you need business, which is a unique approach. I do like it, but I also know the challenges of building a two-way marketplace and how costly potentially that would be to drive it. What's been your experience getting the job seekers and building that pool 
Is that where a lot of your investment has gone to initially? Again, it depends where in the industry. So we're seeing warehouse and supply chain, it's easier. Other industry tech or drivers or technicians, it's more complex. I know this is tough. This is my sweat here. But what drives me is the mission. Okay. I believe that we need a different solution. And, and I have investors that are working with me to support that. I know it's risky, but I believe that something really critical should be changed. Imagine for the first time I build simulation and companies saw simulation. They say, okay, this is nice, cool, yeah. nice experience. And he said, but I need people. Please bring over people. And then again, we had the technology improvement and we brought a new CTO and the simulation were not an issue in terms of development. We have our own drag and drop platform that we can create simulation for any job within days without writing code. This is a patent technology and that's what enables us to do this two-side marketplace. And of course, it's risky and we are now investing more in the B2C side than the B2B. But I want to share with you the different channels we have yeah. that reduce our user acquisition cost on the B2C side. So we have three channels. First of all, our own marketing. Again, we invite candidates to experience jobs. This is a new opportunity. Within all the job posting we you see around, it's new. We even get amazing feedback from Indeed or other job boards while inviting people to experience jobs. This is one. The other one, let's say, Serge, you did the sales simulation, okay? And I've noticed that you were great, but your proactive behavior wasn't that good. Okay, I will offer you, <laughs> don't take it to bed. <laughs> this is just an example, guys. Can't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask you to consider to be a customer care representative where there's not a proactive behavior requires rather than great service and reputation. Okay. And you will experience the simulation, etc. So we have this unique channel of candidates that intentionally at the beginning we're applying to be sales rep and they find themselves in a new position. And the third one, which I love the most, we invest resources with integrating our solution with NGOs or continuous educational programs or any company that provides service to underprivileged or underemployed people. It takes us a long time, but we believe that this is the only way to be, first of all, inclusive. And to make sure that those people that have no other choice sometimes will use our platform. So I wish, this is the reason I'm doing that, that in a year or two for now, that we will be struggling finding enough candidates for. We have those people. They will stick to our platform because that will be, first of all, to discover jobs and then to apply for them based on their competencies. One of the things I was curious when you're digging into it is when you're growing that B2C marketplace, you're only so big, you don't have so much money. Where is that area of focus, both in the demographic, but also the region? Yeah. So our sweet spot is volume hiring, of course. Okay. That's where it pays off. Mostly around manufacturing, supply chain, that type of industry. Also, everything about service from basic call centers to sales, technical support, BDRs, DRs, etc. And in terms of location, we are agnostic to location. The way we operate right now is we start from the B2B side, not the B2C side. 
Uh, so when a company comes over, we do everything from that area, from marketing to collaborating to make sure we have enough pool of candidates. And I can tell you that until now, we didn't have an issue. Every company worked with us, received the amount of people it I know you started by saying that your mission in life is death of the CV. But as I listen to you, Maya, you actually have a double-edged sword because you're also killing the job description. I would say that the number one problem is not CVs. It is companies who really don't put together an effective job description. That's the other side of this equation. The reason job seekers maybe don't understand that maybe I'm better suited for account management than I am for new business development. If you took those two job descriptions, they look identical. They say the same words, but they are two very different competencies, very different. Using that document as a means of hiring and recruiting, I'd like to see that be eliminated. There you go. Your new... I need just I need more people right now <laughs> because <laughs> you're absolutely right. When I meet companies, they want people, even something really practical like good technical skills. Okay, and I ask them, how do you know? Yeah, what is good? Yeah, what does it mean? I totally agree. I believe that we need to take words out of the equation as a first step. What a person did in his background and his work experience is meaningful. It's not something we need to move away. I was working for 15 years. I want people to acknowledge what I did, but I want the first step will be my skills and that people like me will have opportunity just to apply. No one will look at my resume. No one. And I hold a PhD and 15 years of experience with HR and no one will look at that. But it's because your CV doesn't match their job description. Both are flawed. Yeah. Both are absolutely flawed. Yes. Both. Both. I agree. Yes, absolutely. We have a lot of work to do. So I think you have a goal of a massive HR talent acquisition disruption. Outside of what you're doing, do you think there's anything else coming in this space? Any prediction of what are going to be major disruptions moving forward? First of all, we love to see more companies that try to disrupt the current process in any way. Because I think for so many years, It's the same process. And we try to automate it, which is good. We need technology. But I want to see less type of solutions and more companies that bring news to the industry. And we see already that the space of upskilling and reskilling is the other side of what we do. What I hear, and I agree, that they think they need to invest in their current workforce in order to get a better retention rate, and that they see each and every person in the company providing with the right opportunity to grow. Hopefully, the next step will be around sourcing and onboarding. Hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. One last question. I'm curious. What's the inspiration behind the name? Thank you, Serge. (laughs) I was just going to ask that. I don't get it. Tell us. I have three answers. Okay. The first one, our former name was Skillset. Okay. And there's so many solutions out there using skills in any type of way. So penetrating the market, we thought we must have a new name. That will not sound like a jar at all. 
So okay. this is one. Tatio means talent acquisition ratio. And the last, El Tatio, is the highest geothermal field in Chile. We found that after we found the name. And of course, we created an amazing story about how candidates just came out of the land with a great volume and energy. So this is the third one. <laughs> what a great... Love it. Love it. But you know, when investor asks me, what tattoo is about? I say, Don't worry. Wait a couple of years. Everybody. Will know. <laughs> I love the confidence. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, first of all. And for the listeners, you're in Tel Aviv, Israel right now. You're also in the U.S., right? Yeah. Like you spent a yes. lot of time between. Where in the U.S. again do you spend a lot of time? Uh, it depends where the customer are. I travel once in two months. And if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the easiest way to reach Maya? First, LinkedIn. My Uber and our website is tatio.io. Please feel free to reach out personally. I love to talk, first of all, with people about this subject. And then, of course, more opportunities to collaborate. Thank you so much for coming. This was a Thank pleasure you, meeting you, first of all. And again, I apologize that we missed you at HR Tech. I was mm -hmm. too drunk to go to your party, is my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. And you owe me a drink next year yeah. <laughs> that's a deal i think so thank, thank you, you so much maya it was wonderful to learn more about your company hi my name is sara and i want to tell you about my podcast called can i offer you some feedback i'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management leadership development and naturally providing feedback to high performers my podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback whether giving receiving avoiding or seeking feedback is essential for our development in each episode you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas perspectives and best practices on feedback I'll also be sharing Business Bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.